Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28 and now... And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it. Weekend editions here at Tale Varsity Radio on YouTube and, of course, Twitter, Facebook, all the good uh, digital platforms. The Hale Varsity YouTube channel, Hale Varsity Radio, Twitter at HVarsity Radio. KFOR Sports Twitter, and yes, KFOR Facebook. I'll even give a, uh, uh, now that I know how to operate Instagram, says the old guy that screams at the clouds. I'll even post on Instagram. It is Mark Cranach. It is Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt. And uh, what a big, big week for Nebraska. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to all of you for checking in. Walter is first. He reminds us you're late. We are, but it is Saturday. When there's no kickoff to approach up to, we get a little lax. Uh, we'll, it's we'll almost Christmas. On, I mean, come on, we'll, man. We're tired. We'll, we'll, we'll work on that for 2024. Nick is in. Roger says hello. And we've kind of done this tradition, Mark, Monday through Friday, where we name our starting five. Mm. Where we, we, we shout out, roll call the top five that make their way into the stream. Rick is checking in. Jonathan says, good morning. Jonathan, good morning to you. Cranach, you found your way. Either Santa showed up early with an electric razor <laughs> or or you, you went and, and said, uh, give me the Gambino cut. And uh, you went and got yeah. the old straight edge razor. Elijah's got the glorious Magnum PI tribute. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm working on some stubble this morning, but you are. All sorts of Colin Farrell tributing this morning. <laughs> why, why are you saying Colin Farrell? Because I also like, have a wool cap on. Well, you look Is like that Col- also why? You, I have not ever in in the, the almost thirty years we've been friends. I have not mm-hmm. ever seen you without some sort of stubble or uh, Eastern it's, European look. It's pretty rare. It's pretty rare. I decided to give it a shot just to see how it would go because I haven't done it in a while and do it over the holidays, right? When you're not at work as much and. Huh? You know, you can maybe grow it back a little bit. Now, when I when I shaved it all off, though, I did not know this, and I hope I don't offend anybody that's listening or, or watching today. Um, but when I first did it, I decided to keep the soul patch <laughs> for a hot for a hot minute, right, for about a day, and was quickly informed by a couple folks close to me, personally and professionally. That it looked like a d bag because of it, <laughs> right? And, and, and I was like, oh. So that's not good. They're like, no, it's not good. And I'm like, ah, so then then that had to come off too because that was the only thing that was hanging on for dear life, right? That was like my last little. It was like its last stand. My you've facial been, hair stand, but you've you've been called you and and we gotta we gotta give a heads up here where to go. 
where did it go? Uh, Jason checks in and says, well, yeah. Mark just wants to look slick since Jason, he called called the flip. You thank have you, Jason. You have kept hope alive. You lit candles, I, whatever else you did. You were on this. You thought that things would maybe be on this. You, describe you would you would you, you thought I just want to hear it out loud. You thought things may become shaky between Georgia. Mm-hmm. You asked openly about the quarterback room. Uh, yep. You asked openly about Carson Beck's future. Mm-hmm. You asked openly about NIL, not just Georgia, but NIL practices around college football. And Matt Rule has touched on the fact that, great, here's the offer, uh, but is it is it truly what you do get if you transfer? I mean, is is it too good to be true? In a lot of instances, it's it's not what the original deal was. It's the old Darth Vader, Lando Calrissian offer uh, that just mm-hmm. keeps getting altered. It sounds it sounds like I don't know. Uh, juniors two years from college, and there's no shot in hell of NIL because he's a Schmidt athletically. So um, I just take others' word for it. But no, I mean it is. It has been a great week for Nebraska fans. It's been a great week for Nebraska football and Matt Rule. It's been a great week for Mark Cranack. We are going to amend his name here on the stream and get it updated. Oh. Mark, yeah. uh, certified, certified football insider. <laughs> certified by who? I don't even know. That's pretty good. Yeah. Certified, certified by, by Hale Varsity Radio. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. They've been on I, the air for a long time. I, I love reputation. that traveling journalist uh weekend journalist yeah um, so but no i it, it's been a good good class for nebraska but guys the riola ripple's been very real with dylan getting in and really enjoyed mitch sherman's story from the athletic kind of the timeline mm-hmm. of how this came to be and 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 mitch checked in with a lot of former Nebraska players that, yes, were also teammates with Dom Riola. So uh, let's start off, though, with just what it means here and now for Nebraska, the impact. You got a marquee position. You got a marquee player. You also got Danny Kalen, which is an awesome statement out there as well uh, from a from a competition, competition standpoint of wanting to, to stick and stay in the class and keep in, in battle, right? And part of part of Mitch's story also uh, had contact and communication with Coach Huffman from Bell West about how it, you know perception wise it's a great look to get Riola, but it's a great look to keep Daniel Kalen, an, an in-state kid, and you got you got two freshmen because oh yeah, Chuba hit the portal. Well, and are we going to keep our eyes on uh, Talia Tugavailoa in that situation? I kind of think we should. Hold on, what? Any- I don't have any. I don't have any inside information here. But is there's this a there's, wish. Nah. Well, there's a talk out of Maryland. I, I'm, have you have you seen that talk yet? That uh, Coach Loxley in one of his recent radio shows or, or, or in recapping the class, something like that, pretty recently put out there that uh, Tugavailoa, you know, either could explore the draft or even consider transferring. I mean, he's sitting out the book. He's not playing in the bowl game, if I'm not mistaken. And as part of that, the discussion that he had with Loxley sounds like he isn't coming back. The reason I'm putting that one out there. Wow. 
The reason I'm putting it out there, I, I don't wow. know. If, I don't know if there's anything there, but pretty interesting that um, I mean, there is the Hawaii connection. Sure. Right? Got the Riolas. Uh, Dominic Riola was just inducted into the Hawaii like football hall of fame or, or the equivalent of that a couple years ago. Yep. Um, and Tua was, I believe like the, the featured speaker. So there is like some sort of connection there. You also get Preston Tamua from, uh, from Hawaii offensive lineman that, that committed one of Nebraska's top recruits that comes in. I'm just saying, don't rule it out. And if you think about everywhere that Talia played and the situation that he's in, I, I'm just saying it's not out of the realm, right? Like he he came to Lincoln, he got to see it. I'm sure it was one of the better moments of his of his college career, right? Of coming into a place like that, getting a walk off win, hitting that deep ball. Um, and there's a there's a chance if he now here's the one thing with Tugavailoa though is it's not for sure that he would even be granted a sixth year um, because he played like five games his true freshman year at Alabama. So just over that limit, but with COVID and everything else, there's a chance that he could get one. You talk about a perfect situation though, right? I mean, if there is that connection, he's obviously familiar, familiar with the Riolas. If you're, if you're Dylan Riola, you would, you would probably understand that maybe you could wait a year for a guy like that. He could be the stabilizer bridge guy. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I, I think the, the, uh, you know, the, bri- the bridge thing Sounds great to me, and and I was all for it because I was all for a McCord option. I was all for a Chuba uh, mm-hmm. option to continue to groom and grow. I know yep. Harburg's still here. I am for experience starting next year. I don't know that that's going to be real because this is the rule plan of going with the youth movement and going with a quarterback that's going to take their lumps in year one, but the quarterback's good enough uh, paired with an uber-experienced offensive line, paired with a really good returning defense, guys that have foregone the NFL to come back. I mean, this this um, all these ingredients say good year for Nebraska next year if you take care of the football and get better or competent production turnover-wise out of your quarterback position, let alone a a, a phenom uh, at quarterback. And, and I think you can grow into that phenom part. You don't got to be all Big Ten first year if you're if you're Riola or let's just say for argument's sake, Kalen, you're two young guys. Uh, but, but you do need to not throw interceptions and fumble the football. You need to execute basic football let's bring brandon vogel in and i want to add to this really fast with this conversation just in terms of something i said on thursday and something we talked about with brandon on thursday was that aspect of how many guys across the country are experienced power five starters veteran guys probably one maybe two years of experience left that you can have as a bridge guy that realistically want to come to a place like nebraska with a head coach like matt rule who has shown through multiple stops that he likes going with the youth movement do you really want to come in and compete with the number one quarterback in the country? A lot of times what these guys are looking for in the portal, last year of eligibility, a place where they know they're going to play and get film out there for the NFL or, or whatever their next stop is. Do you really want to come in and compete with a five-star number one quarterback in the country at a place where the head coach has already shown himself to be comfortable going with the youth? Get me paid. Let me win. 
let me improve my stock. Those are your three doors for a portal quarterback. Vogues, good morning. Counter Reed, counterreed.com. Cranach continues to get his crystal ball out and straight edge razor. And uh, never again. He's clean shaven. We're giving him hell about it. Um, (laughs) uh, And I love it. But he, he threw out little Tua as maybe a transfer candidate. We also had the, 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 the Casey Thompson speculation here the last seven to 10 days. Um, so, you know, and, 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 and Jocko equals and echoes Elijah's point. It's just, it's just a tough deal to, to really get a quarterback in here that, that's got much experience because of, of the direction rule wants to go. Bogues, your takeaway, your reaction to the name, uh, uh, Talia that, that may be in the portal. I, I think he goes to the NFL. Yeah, I would. Um, <clears throat> I think that's probably the most likely scenario. But, you know, that kind of goes to Elijah's point. Even if he doesn't go to the NFL, um, he's somebody who, you know, not just has NFL aspirations because a lot of guys have those, but but probably has a shot. Um, so if he does play another year in college, he is going to be that sort of guy that's like, I, I'm going someplace because I think it can help me get closer. That was sort of the thing that was interesting with with Casey Thompson. Not that, you know, he wouldn't love to play in the NFL. I, I'm guessing he would. But I also think he has, like, a real interest in coaching. And to – you'd almost be looking for somebody like that. I mean, Nebraska has a guy, different scenario completely, in Garrett McGuire, who's basically on a football team because he knew that's where I'm going. Um, so I, I would agree. It's a pretty narrow window at this point for, for Nebraska to, to bring in somebody with, with that sort of experience that said, um, another window an even narrower one will, will open after spring football. So see what happens with that. But it seems like, you know, rule on, on Wednesday was, was pretty clear. And, you know, I thought did a good job of talking through like, Hey, this is a decision we made. We're going to go, we're going to go with the guys we got. And then a couple of hours later, um, maybe your, your best, most experienced option jumps in the portal. So, um, best laid plans, I guess. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that wasn't a total shock to them, but, but who knows? Um, so, yeah, I, it's kind of where we're at. Uh, you know, you look at Temple and Baylor and in both of those both of those spots rule kind of went between two quarterbacks his first year. And then one guy kind of led him the rest of the way. Um, so mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, the, the history here backs up what we heard, I guess, this week. Brandon Vogel is with us from Counter Read and Juan in the stream has a has a very good point where he says Rule didn't speak better about any other quarterback like he did of TT being Talia Tugabailoa uh, from Maryland and this is I just I just want to put this out there this is a hundred percent speculation there there is no <laughs> there this is not. there is nothing published about this anywhere there is no inside information despite what my uh, Certified title says below on my on my superimposition here, um, but it is interesting, Brandon, because it's one of those situations where if it was to happen, right? Kyle McCord was on campus; he didn't get offered according to rule because of the Riola situation. That was with the idea that you're still going to have Chuba. Chuba now transfers out, so things change, right? Like, would would Rule have said, "Yeah, we want to offer McCord too because we know Chuba's out." If he knew that information, who knew? Who knows? 
But if you are going to do something, if you're not going to turn it over to either Harburg, who would have to make some pretty significant improvement in the throwing game to secure that position, or Riola, who's like 18, somebody like a tug of I, it would take that, right? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it take somebody like a tug of Iloa, who's proven, who definitely only has one year, um, and would probably, if you're Riola, you would sort of look up to and be like, that's actually a pretty good guy to learn from over the next year. Yeah, I definitely, I, I think so. Um, and you know, we'll see. Things things kind of shuffled out with with quarterbacks. There's there's a lot of good quarterbacks out there but i think that experience piece of it is 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 the big one um one of the quarterbacks that you know there's a couple of pretty high profile guys out there but i i really liked guy daquan finn who'd been a starter at toledo for four years he was somebody who i thought i was like man if i were nebraska and i wanted that experience i would look hard at this guy he ended up going to baylor um so we've seen a couple of the players they were initially interested in and it and you know we'll see like things things change rapidly in in this era of college football like it felt like on Wednesday that rule was kind of closing the book on that but as we said things changed almost almost immediately afterwards so we'll we'll see how how things go but I'm guessing for the spring the guys you got on campus or going to be on campus in a couple of weeks is is what you're going to go with which will which will be pretty interesting Brandon Vogel with us here, a weekend edition of Hail Varsity as we get you geared up for the Christmas holiday. And Brandon, uh, the news kind of of yesterday, late Thursday, was Rico Dowdell from Oregon. He's going to be visiting Nebraska here in the new year. Do you think a guy like like Rico, who has only had one year of college experience but was a, a top recruit in the country uh, in that 2022 cycle, does a guy like that, do you think, solve Nebraska's running back issues? And maybe issues isn't the right right word to use in the running back room. But as I look at that room, there's not one guy that I think stands out as being the guy. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. And with two guys coming off injury, um, you hope everything goes according to plan. But yet you kind of never know. Um, like if Nebraska went into the next season with the four running backs we know they have now, like you don't feel terrible about it, but adding somebody to that room, you know, we talked about it on the, on the Thursday show, that's kind of running back would be maybe third or fourth on my kind of like Christmas wish list. If I were just picking players for, for Nebraska to fill out his roster with experience and, you know, there's not a ton of experience in this case with Rico, but, uh, the talent is certainly there. So if you could add somebody there, I think, I think you add, um, and it's not the top of the list for me, but it would, it would, it would make, I think everybody feel a little bit better about that. And that, that's kind of really what you're looking. Well, unless you're Colorado, I guess, or or some other first year coaching staffs, Arizona state was really heavy in the portal again. Like it's kind of what you're looking for is, is just a place to supplement. Um, if you, if you could be in that spot. And let's note here, Complete brain fart moment on a Saturday morning. Dante Dowdell is clearly who I'm referring to, not Rico. I don't know why I went with the name Rico here on a Saturday morning, but it's one of those days. <laughs> it's, it's, it's okay. Gee, you're good. Let's, let's just make sure we have upstanding professionalism here and make the correction when the correction is needed. Dante Dowdell is clearly right. who I was referring to. Yeah. If there was a certified CFB insider on here, he would have called you out. <laughs> but what do you do? The if part. But, folks, what do you... Um, like about this Nebraska class, we we know we've hit on Rayola, 
Uh, we know that Danny Kalen's in, but you've got a class that, depending on what, what uh, service you fancy, is anywhere between 17 and 21. Yeah, um, and depending on, you know, where you look, uh, basically – at 247, it was just a step behind USC, which is pretty good. Um, it, it, the, the new reality of the Big Ten did kind of slap me in the face a little bit when you you go to the conference ratings and see those new, four new Pac-12 teams in there. Um, Oregon was – I mean, Ohio State's just kind of perennially the, the recruiting champ in the Big Ten. Michigan occasionally gets close. Penn State hangs around sometimes, but – Oregon was like just second by a nose um, based on the rankings. So Nebraska, if you, a class that ranks, say, 17, 19, somewhere around there, that's kind of the upper range, I think, of where they will typically be. Uh, they used to be most years good enough for fourth in the Big Ten. Now it's sixth. And, you know, that's just, that's just kind of the reality of it. Um, in terms of the makeup of a class, um, it's larger, which you'd expect, than, than the first-year group, but very similar, I think. There were a couple of trends that I noted in the newsletter for, for Friday at Counter Read. Um, linemen remain really local, um, but also Nebraska is getting more of its skill position players, I think, locally than it at first seems. Now, hmm. they'll go out and get some guys, you know, we saw – three people from the city of Miami come over just on, on signing day. Um, so, so you've got that. Um, Seen that before. <laughs> yeah. With, yeah. Uh, with this, another factoid that kind of surprised me when I tallied it up. Brusque's previous staff signed 17 players from Florida. Not one of them finished their career at, at Nebraska with, with Tame and Lyman, Lightham transferring to Pitt. He was looking, he and Braxton Clark were the last two standing, um, and, and they hmm. both moved elsewhere you know, over the past, well, in 2023. Um, hmm. So neither here nor there, but locally, they're real serious about, I think, the linemen locally, uh, for the most part, got one from Hawaii, um, added one, not as a scholarship technically from, from Las Vegas, but for the most part, uh Iowa, Colorado, Nebraska, that's where your linemen are coming from. And I do like, you know, we haven't seen it, I think, play out yet. I think 2024 will be our first chance. But this was also similar to to that 2023 class. Like, the rule, I think, is pretty serious about, like, yeah, we're just going to – we're going to get guys that we think that have the traits that we want, and then we'll figure out where they're going to go. We saw a little bit of that in this 2022 season – or 2023 season. I think we'll see more next year. And this class has – I don't know off the top of my head, seven, eight, nine of those guys that I think could just be like yeah. good football players. Let's let's see let's see where they best fit for us. Yeah, a lot of DB types. They they clearly value that. I, I believe on the scholarship distribution chart, you're going to have some, some like twenty four scholarship DBs, which yeah. is nuts. Which obviously those folks could move into a linebacker position. They could move into a receiver position, even running back, something like that. Um, a couple of names that that jump out outside of maybe the obvious of, of course, Raiola is the headliner. And, uh, you know, in, in state, you have Carter Nelson, who's huge, obviously. But a guy, a guy that really stood out just after watching film, being a certified CFB insider, offensive lineman expert. Uh, in terms of film, the one guy that jumped out to me is is uh, Preston Tamua from uh, from Hawaii. He's the top Top commit out of Hawaii. 
I was trying to remember, you, you, you know, you hear the term, Brandon, like, oh, he has good bend on the offensive line, right? And that's just trying to say, hey, he's not stiff. They, they have good movement. Out of all the linemen that Nebraska's recruited in a long time, I, I truly cannot remember a guy that moved like him. Like, Machacek from South Dakota was good on his feet, pretty quick, but Tamua really does have that bend. He looks like a natural pass blocker. There it is. Which you don't, right? Which you don't see a lot of. And he's kind of that, he's on that left tackle. Uh, I mean, that's the position he played in high school, anyways. But he looks like a natural pass blocker, which Nebraska tends to not get. I'm, I'm curious if you have any comments on him in particular after looking at it. Or is there a, call him under the radar, I guess maybe a, uh, a player in the class that hasn't been talked about a ton that really stood out to you? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, Tuamua definitely jumps out. I think he's probably the player who, relative to his talent coming in, and I think this is part of just being an, uh, an offensive lineman, um, also being 3,500 miles away from Lincoln contributes to it. But, you know, it, you just, he doesn't get talked about in the same way as sort of some of the headliners in the group. You know, Carter Nelson, Dylan Ryle, like it does. But I think he's – I think he is in that group. Um, and offensive line film, of course, is, is always hard at the high school level. I mean, high school film is hard in general. But I, I would agree. I see some of the traits that you're seeing there, Mark. Uh, a guy that I'm really intrigued by, Roger Gradney. Um, from a like tiny town, an unincorporated town, technically is what he lists as his hometown, uh, about an hour west of Houston. Um, don't know a ton about his story. Just kind of looked at his film. Um, versatile guy. We don't even know exactly what Nebraska is, you know, plans to do with him. But somebody like that really jumps out. Um, and, and another guy who, of course, has a great story, but uh, Quinn Clark top player in Montana. Super interesting. I thought, you know, rule saying like, yeah, I like what I see on film. Can we get him to camp? Because I don't know anything about Montana high school football. I don't know anything about Montana high school football either. Um, I'm guessing it's, it's probably not all that different from, you know, Nebraska or other States that are, you know, similarly small population, but six, four wide receiver, um, Super intrigued to and, and a Husker legacy. Super intrigued to to kind of see what he brings to to the room when he arrives. Brandon, as you Vote. look at that that twenty twenty four class here, I just want to hop in, Schmidt, and, and ask the question in, in the twenty twenty three class. One of the the kind of the the benchmarks for success, I guess, as the twenty twenty three season went on, was all the freshmen that ended up getting on the field as the season went on, whether it be due to injury or due to development. You, you saw a, a good crop of those twenty twenty three guys make it on the field. Is that the same maybe benchmark for success you're using in 2024? Is it the same situation? Or do you think it's less likely that guys are going to get on the field as freshmen because of like things like where the defense was at last year, where the offense was at, the, the, the pieces that you're returning there? Is it different this year in that regard in terms of getting freshmen on the field? Yeah, it's probably a little bit different. Um, you know, you'd kind of expect it to be uh, a little less likely that you'd see as many freshmen because so many just played. Um, so, you know, those guys are, instead of being red shirts are, well, some of them still get to red shirt, of course, but uh, they're, they're basically a full year ahead instead of like a half year ahead where they got to practice with the team um, with some of these guys that said, 
I wouldn't be surprised if the this coaching staff makes it a point to get younger players in um, and find ways to use them. And, and having the the four game, you know, t- you can play without a red shirt really helps with that. But I think just where college football is and where it's probably going to continue to go, um, we'll we'll see if Nebraska can remain kind of outside the fray of the transfer portal a little bit. I think that's going to be harder in some years than, than others. Um, but if you've got, if you've got guys and you've got a plan for them and a way to get them on the field, like play them early. This, I just think the era of kind of stockpiling and, and letting players, you know, develop if they're close, like some players just need a year. Um, but if they're close, I think all of the upside for, for a coaching staff, not just in Nebraska, but anywhere is, is to get those guys on the field because it's so easy to move and for things to change rapidly. Um, that it's kind of like, it's, it, it's hard to, to kind of save, save players in the way that it used to be. Brandon, you just nailed it when it comes to that, that youth and piggybacking off of Elijah's, question and comment what i really liked is their plan right here's what we think you do well here's what we've gotten you to be comfortable with doing uh go in there and go kill the quarterback or uh, if you're len hart right or van poppel brother get in there on on fourth and one you're a big body your money in the weight room but they they've got these kids engaged like they're seeing progress which is nice then there's their role. Here's here's what we can get help from you right now with, and the guys are ready. And then it, it just kind of continues to grow. So I think that's that's genius. I want to ask you about the mentality of, of Dylan Raiola. I know you haven't crawled uh, between his his ears. That said, and and some of the comments um, from from Dom or some some former players on Dylan. What do you think about his his uh, goal, his want to be the guy in part of a class with teammates that, that runs it back, that brings it back, that wants to make Nebraska great again, dare I say, <laughs> and, um, and, and take that challenge on. I can, you know, and it kind of comes down to his poem, right? I can be a cog in something that's great, no disrespect to that, or I can – kind of be a guy that is recognized the rest of my life for the uh, the pivot point in Nebraska football, getting from, hey, they used to be cool, to now, all right, they're they're a contender again. I mean, it's uh <laughs> it's uh it's it's a big bet and it takes, you know, uh I think a brave and kind of bold personality to to even be willing to make it because let's face it uh you know I, I think you're right you could be a cog in something that's already great um or you can come and, and try and and try and restore something restore something that has you know presumably some some real meaning to him just based on his his family connections so the degree of difficulty that he chose is is pretty high to you know to, to be honest and i i think nebraska's headed in the right direction i really do um, it's not like, you know, it's, if he'd made this choice four or five, six years ago, it would have been even a greater degree of difficulty, but 
So for now, like, you know, it's, it's hard. You, you, you want to see it on the field and, and all of that stuff. But from, from my perspective, he gets a ton of admiration from me, which is, which is worth $0. Um, but it's there of like, boy, there's, there's not a lot of people out there that would choose this path, particularly when every potential path is, is probably open to you. So, so we'll see, I'll, I'll say, you know, and the, the hearing him talk a little bit post post signing day and about this decision, uh, I, I was, I was pretty impressed because I, I was kind of a little bit, and I think maybe that, I don't want to characterize the question. Like maybe that's some of the nature of the question. It was like, uh, maybe there's a little skepticism here with that. I certainly had a little bit of, of skepticism, like, Georgia made a ton of sense to me um, if you're if you're that level of player. And for him to choose something else, that's good. Um, hats hats off. Hats off to to him. And and we'll see we'll see how it goes. Um, it's it's certainly an intriguing intriguing move to make. Could could this be the new era of college football in the transfer portal that it makes more sense for a high level recruit to go off in, in find a spot where he can get early playing time as opposed to, I mean, Dylan said being the, the cog in a powerhouse machine where you're going to sit on the bench for a couple of seasons. People are going to forget about you and then you, you get your chance. Does it make more sense for a guy like that to go get early playing time now in the new transfer portal era of college football? Um, maybe. I mean, I think the availability of the portal also kind of makes this um, – it, it complicates things a little bit because will we see more players of that caliber make that kind of decision? Maybe because there's always the, well, I tried that didn't have the year one I wanted. Uh, so, so now I'm, I'm back on the market. And I mean, we've seen like, it's crazy for, for these quarterbacks that are in the portal, uh, just kind of the opportunities that are available to them. So um, th- there is that. It also makes me think of, you know, kind of, looking at players in FCS and G5 level, like if you care about the future of, of college football, all of it, which, which I do, like I'd be real concerned if I was a fan of a G5 program at this point, because it's, uh, they've never been viewed as equal, which is, drives me crazy all the time, like G5 and P5. And I know those designations are basically meaningless at this point, but now it's like, you get a good player, you, you identify somebody everybody else missed on, uh, he comes in and does great. Uh, I don't know, probably end up with the SEC or the Big Ten eventually, um, which I'm all for players having the, the ability to move around, but that piece of it makes me, gives me a little bit of trepidation just for college football broadly. Bogues, tell us about Counter Read, how folks can get signed up, what you do. And uh, also uh, give him a follow on Twitter at Brandon L. Vogel, Brandon Vogel with Connor Reed. Yeah, it's a twice weekly newsletter on Substack from from myself and, and Aaron Sorensen. Um, we set out uh, back in August and, and we've had a, a good fall. So thank you to everybody who's, who's checked us out already. If you haven't, you can just visit counterread.com. Um, goal is to find two two good stories a week. Like, you know, there's, there's always a ton of Husker news. There's tons of things happening. Grateful to, to come on shows like this where we can talk about things real time as they're going on. Um, that said, we're trying to create something that, you know, is, is worth stopping and, and sitting down and reading, uh, twice a week. We also do a couple of free stories. So you can go to counter read, sign up just for the, 
the free at, at the start. If you want, uh, check out what we're doing and, uh, yeah, give us a read. Uh, let, let us give us a chance to, to kind of show you what we're up to and hopefully, uh, people will, will like what they read. Well, you and Aaron done Annual an amazing subscriber job. up in here. Yep. Same. Love yep. it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yep. yep. And uh, yep. Vogue's some good Vogue's. options there too. You can do the monthly thing. You can do the annual thing. You save a little scratch if you do the annual thing. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a good thing. Big yeah. time. Vogue's uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you and your family, brother. Thanks for everything. And we'll, uh, we'll be uh, ready to bust through in 2024. Thanks, guys. Have a great one. Happy holidays. You too. Good to see Thanks, you. Thanks, Brandon. Too. Uh, without further ado, we bring on the Iron Horse. All right, we love you too, Sharpie. What's the lid you're rocking? No, uh, I can tell you. I can tell you. I can tell you. I can tell you. Right? Isn't that the uh, that's the Storm Chasers no. when they play as the what? Uh, I think I think so. It's like the Conquistadors or something like that. Ah, right. When they play as yes, right. They do like once a year. So they play as the Runzas. One time they played as the Potholes, but this is their tribute to. The Latino community. Yes, it is. Where they changed their name to. It's like the, it's like the Cazadores, I think, something like that. Uh, right? ex- exactly. Good job. That sounded very Italian. To say <laughs> something about a Mexican baseball. It team. was nuts. <laughs> that was not Spanish whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Is that very good? Uh, hey, hey. What, what, what happened to your kind face? Doing the pasta thing. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. It's a great question, Gary. On 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 Festivus you, Day. Uh-oh. Oh, I think we should discuss. We we have aired those public grievances. Now listen, you guys uh, that's not a nice way to start a conversation, Gary. We've been over table. Oh, I think this before. is a great look for um, you. But just coming out and just saying, it's not. It's not. I'm never doing it again. Uh, I tried it. Right. I, I just wanted to see what it was like to to not conceal you know, my beautiful mug anymore and just let it rip. And I'm like, nope, I'm going to cover that bad boy up a little more from now on. So, yeah, yeah, never again, never again. Well, it, it, it looks good. Uh, Mark Kradak looks like Tommy DeVito's It's agent, a filter. Right? Uh, yes. It's better than Tommy DeVito's agent. I haven't seen yeah. Tommy DeVito's agent. Oh, that's pretty good. I haven't seen Tommy oh, DeVito's agent. Oh, when, when you think of an Italian yeah. agent, Tommy DeVito's agent is playing the role very well. Yes. Is he? Yeah. Sideline, dress code. Yeah, he looks very good. much like an Italian man, but Italian men have to be heavier. Like Italian men that are skinny are yeah. like too sexy for me. <laughs> mm. Italian mm-hmm. men need to have some girth. Forget <laughs> yeah. uh, about it. All right. How did we about? reach this point? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, the iron. We always do. Usually, it takes you about forty it. minutes into the conversation. Yeah. We reached it in five minutes. Yeah, we got there. That's pretty Sharpie, good. Sharpie, let's let's reel it back in, man. Good week for you and coverage, and uh, appreciate you spending time with us here this morning. And Dylan's in, and and Nebraska fans are absolutely elated. The, the rest of the class looks pretty big time. And oh yeah, by the way, Matt Rule was. Uh, great again in a presser so you've got two uh two uh two worlds here that nebraska fans are excited about the future and uh spring football again the the juice and the bounce in the step of what this uh spring season and beyond could be and then oh by the way you have uh uh the off season where nebraska perception wise made a statement locally yep. and nationally 
Yeah, they. You know what? For for the first time, I, I truly believe this. Nebraska started to act like Nebraska. You know, they've got a major brand that on the field has struggled, but it's still a good brand. And instead of making excuses or you know lamenting about the fact they haven't been to a bowl game, they started to act like Nebraska. There's so many resources. There's so much of a fan base with passion. You can also now prove that you can produce a bag if need be. Um, Nebraska was Nebraska. And I, I think Matt Rule realized that. And he said, you know what? We can do this with who we have here, who we already have on campus, and who we have that are out recruiting these guys. And it was good to see it. I mean, I, it, was a, it was a really, really good day for Nebraska. I'm, I'm, we'll get to the quarterback room because I think there's two things you can make true at the same time. But I think Nebraska went out, and we're going to find out that the 23 season really was further ahead than they thought, which gave them an advantage to put together a late run in 24 um, because they were able to fill some needs. And they're also – I think I like about this class is I look at some guys that they brought in, and I think it's a good blending with guys that are on campus already. You know, it's not like you have to bring in a 29 guys in the 24 class and all of a sudden they have to start playing right away. I think they can blend them in. Um, so it was a really good day for Nebraska. And, 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 you know, and Dylan Riley gets all the attention, and he should. He's at the top of your class. But I thought Nebraska went with their needs and they stayed with their identity, which is let's build in and then work out. And if we're able to win battles to get positions of need, let's do it. And let's win those. And, and, and Nebraska had, I, I think, what might be, guys, a typical recruiting period. They're aggressive. They win some battles. They get some high-level guys. They get some of their own guys. But they get guys that can play in the trenches. And Wednesday was a good day. Gary Sharp is with us on the uh, Hale Varsity Weekend Edition as we break down the 2024 recruiting class. Gary, there's been a lot of uh, talk about, in this class in particular, I believe it's six legacy players, right? So Ken Clark's son, um, you know, Neil Smith's son, Camden Cook walking on, uh, on and on and on. Caleb Benning, of course, it's about six of those guys. But then, all, and then you have Buford's, like Buford's little brother, and then you have Javen Wright already on the team. You have, uh, uh, oh God, why is uh, Aaron Miles is in the portal? But he's, Baron, yeah, yeah. Dang it. By the way, my favorite all-time Husker. Or like when you yeah. say favorite all-time Husker, I say Baron Miles. Um, Kenny Walker. You get, Shout out Kansas yeah, you State got, 94 game. You got Noonan, right, who was, who was already hurt or who was hurt this year. That's, you got that's uh, Bob Sledge's too. son, Sam. Yeah. Right? Does that matter? Yes. At a place like Nebraska? Yes. And if so, yes. why? Because, well, one, so this team is – this program is still learning how to win. And, and they have guys that have won in the program before – but do they know how to win when it's winning time? Does that all make sense? Yes. You know, we saw that. We saw this this past season. Um, and you just got some legacy guys. I tweeted out there. there I, I mentioned five of them. And their dads, while they were at Nebraska, combined had a 790 winning percentage. Winning matters. Mm. Knowing how to win. Being around winners, uh, I think, is important. That's why I love picking up an offensive lineman from Bishop Gorman High School, which is a really good high school. They know how to win there. They've won for a long time. I like winners. I like programs that have won where when the kid steps on your campus, he's been around a winning culture. And it's not just, hey, I'm part of it. It's this is what it takes to win. So I think when you get legacy guys, that's important. I also think this, and I'm going to bring Riley Van Poppel into the um, conversation uh, with his dad, Todd. You can't fool guys that have been here before. 
You can't fool guys that have been mm. pros. They can see right through you. So it tells me that if dads of Huskers, because it's not easy to have Benning on the back of your jersey, Riola on the back of your jersey, heck, even Camden Cook. I mean, we know how good his dad was. I could go on and on. And, and then let alone Ken Clark, who does not get enough run as one of the better running backs in the history of Nebraska football, oh, yeah. the late Ken Clark, his son coming here. Man, that's not easy. Not, that's not for everybody because they want to go somewhere else and create their own legacy. So the fact that they are choosing to come play where their dad did, I think is a huge benefit to Nebraska, but also it shows you what Matt Rule is doing. That Matt Rule isn't recruiting dad to say to kid, hey, run it back because I was there and had a great time. He's going straight to the kid. You know, you're, you're finding out more about the story that we've kind of alluded to of how they recruited Dylan Riola is they're recruiting the kid, not the dad who also played at Nebraska and had great success. So I think it's a great, it's a great feather in the cap of rule to show you kind of the culture and how they recruit and that people want to be a part of it. They don't want to run away from it. Mm-hmm. Gary Sharp with us here, a weekend edition, Hale Varsity. And Gary, another storyline from this 2024 class, not just the legacies, also that 500-mile radius. Whenever you look at how well Nebraska did in that 500-mile radius and locking down the state's borders really – the only guys within states that, that, that got out are the Rezacs from up at West Side. And I want to get your thoughts on that kind of being the vision that Matt Rule has laid out in previous press conferences, locking down the 500-mile radius, going and picking, choosing guys uh, to fill other spots across the country, but first and foremost, that 500-mile radius. Do you think Nebraska carried out the vision in that regard in the 2024 class? Yeah, they had a great in-state class. I, I, I think the Scott's staff kind of got in on this but rule staff is going to benefit greatly is we are in a huge upswing of really good football talent in the state of Nebraska. And it's not just Omaha. It's not just Lincoln. It is throughout the state. Um, I want to say that including scholarships and preferred walk-ons, there were 28 division one players or or FBS, excuse me, players um, out of the state of Nebraska of 1.9. And then there was a plethora of other players um, that were out there. So, it's a no-brainer to stay in state and work your way out. And Nebraska, again, did a great job in state because they sell the vision, they build the relationship, and they're very aggressive. And they get on guys early. Um, just look at what they've already done for the 25 class uh, with a commit. And, you know, they've got, they've got a good leg in on Christian Jones in, in Omaha, at Omaha West Side. So it's a no-brainer to recruit 500 miles. But you can't just say, we're Nebraska, we're going to go out 500 miles and we're going to get our guys. You've got to work the plan. And the thing I like about this staff is they work the plan, they build relationships early, and then they continue to to develop them and let them grow. The thing to keep in mind about the 500-mile radius is Kansas is better, Missouri is better. So you've got Mm -hmm. some competition south of here and in this area. And also, guys, let's be honest, this actually might be a benefit for Nebraska because it makes you work harder. There are a lot of schools around the country that are noticing how good the talent is in the state. And so they're not, they're not swayed by Nebraska like, oh, man, we're not going to be able to take them out of there. No, let's go see. Let's go toe-to-toe with Nebraska. And I think that, that benefits Nebraska because it makes you work harder for the in-state kid if that's truly who you want. And this staff doesn't take for granted that, oh, your dad played here, you're 45 minutes from campus, you're going to come here. They're like, no, no, we're going to recruit you like you're a kid in Florida. And I think that resonates with local kids. You nailed it. The the – after the fact, afterthought of taking for granted a kid that's in Ainsworth, a kid that's at Westside, a kid that's at Lincoln Southeast, or a kid that's in Kearney, they don't do it. I mean, a lot of the guys aren't from here, so they only know one way of 
going and, and, and evaluating and attacking a recruit to, to try and get him here. Sharpie, you mentioned and were asked about the legacy part. You've got uh, the 500-mile radius, which is big. But also for years, you've got Florida and Texas. Nebraska gets a total of 10 yep. out of both. Five Florida, five Texas. Thoughts on that? Two, nothing from California. Is that just kind of a one-off? Or does it matter because Nebraska can go to Florida, can go to Texas, can go to Jersey? They've done that in 2023. Yeah, you know what? I know all, all three of us, we've, we've lamented about the fact of Okay, you got to go to these specific places. But let's be honest. I mean, this is all of us in our personal and professional life. We go where our strengths are. So if your strength is in Florida and Texas and New Jersey, why not go there if there are players to be had? And if it's reciprocal, you know, you can't just – I can't recruit Mark and Mark blows me off and say, hey, you know, it has to be reciprocal. So Nebraska really doesn't have a staff that has strength in California. You know, they can jump over California and go to Hawaii. They got a really good offensive lineman out of Hawaii. Yeah. I, I think he's going to be a player to watch as, as he moves along in his career. But they went Plus to one. places that they have strengths and they have relationships, and they worked those relationships, and they were able to finish on some guys and also keep some guys in the fold. So maybe it changes with California because Nebraska is going to play out on the West Coast a couple of right. times a year. But if that's not your strength, why waste resources out there? Go to places where you can get players. Now, the thing with Florida kids is you've got them here. You know, Nebraska has been good in Florida, but they haven't been good in retaining Floridians. Now it's important that they get guys here and that they're comfortable in the program and there's a plan for them and they don't look over their shoulder and want to go home. Because I will tell you this, after covering – recruiting in the state of Florida before I moved back to Nebraska, especially in Miami, where there are a lot of alums of other programs that are not Nebraska, there's always people in your ear. Hey, why aren't you playing? Are you happy? Boy, are you homesick? Which is true. I mean, we found that out this week. Homesickness is still true on a college campus, even with a student athlete. So you get them here and you have a plan. And if you have a plan and and the, and the, the, the student athlete can see the plan that it's coming to fruition, then, man, you've got them locked. And you know what? That kid recruits another kid. You don't think Barney, if they come here with a plan and he has success and he enjoys his time here, Barney recruits the next Barney in South Florida, on and on and mm-hmm. on. And then winning on signing day for Floridians is a huge deal because I will tell you, Florida men can be a little wishy-washy. Their commitment isn't so well. You know, sometimes they like to look around, even if they're married, okay? So so you can you can be a late influencer of Florida kids and Nebraska was that. Oh my goodness. I love the commentary on the uh, commitment level of Florida men. Uh you know, F- Florida man also does a lot of a lot of weird stuff, a lot of newsworthy things. Uh, we can Role model that. is Don Johnson. What do we what do we want? I mean guys, let's just get right to it. It's uh you know, it's a pineapple on the door. <laughs> it's, it's it's one of those neighborhoods sharpie i lived at, uh so my first house down there uh, across the street oh, geez. It's a really nice story. really nice couple um and they were really nice to uh, uh everybody us. yeah but you know what it would seem like they would have these parties and we wouldn't get invited so i thought they were drug dealers because i was a very naive nebraskan and then i right. asked and they're like oh no 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 they like parties of couples and i and i looked and i was like well, what's wrong with us? And they're like, ah, you know, they just want to keep that relationship good. But yeah, they were swingers across the street. 
So it, it nice is the, people, though. They had great jobs, but you would have never known it. The universal yeah. sign is the pineapple, right? Uh, that's what I've been yeah. told. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I'm, yeah, not, I'm not trying to. Im- why, Im- hey, Im- why, why did Schmitty just say something then look like towards his wife? Well, I was I looking to see if she had any pineapples. Up. She has crap <laughs> honey, everywhere. Honey, honey, what do, you, what do you think I should do with this pineapple air freshener? Can we hang it on the door? You know, everybody's going to be off work over the next why, couple of weeks. Why do you have a, a door hanger up. that's a freaking pineapple in the middle of December, sweetie? I mean, okay. I, you know. Okay. Speaking of swingers, speaking of swingers, let's Whoa. talk offensive line and maybe guys that can, you know, swing from position to position. Maybe a transition wow. there. Look, look at maybe that. Not. Segue, well played. Yeah, but, but you brought up Tom Mua. I want to go back. Um, I want to go back to Gary's neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> I think they sent me a Christmas card this year. Clothed, clothed. Yeah, and, just, and just two by the pool. Two people, two kids, and a dog. Mm-hmm. I love that Freudian slip by Chris. I want to go back to Gary's neighbors. So good for you, Smitty. Insinuating he's been there already. That's good. I just That's parked good. the cars, dude. That's it. Is that what they call it these days? Is that what they call it these days? Okay. Uh, so uh, Tamua, the offensive lineman, I'm glad you brought him up. We talked about him with uh, with Brandon as well in terms of, I mean, you can't call him off the radar because he's a pretty highly rated guy. Um, but it hasn't been talked about as much, and he's out in Hawaii, so you just don't hear about him a lot. Yeah, so that's why he's been not talked about much as he's a long yeah. way from home. But you're right. Yeah, like, but but the the traits that he exhibits lo- looks a lot different than the typical lineman that Nebraska's brought in over the last decade in terms of bend, right? It's a flexible yep. guy where it looks like he is actually probably a pass protection first guy, which I I mean I just can't think of. It seems like Nebraska's always ended up with the left tackle yep. versus recruited a left tackle. The traits he exhibits screams no actual left tackle and that is his position is that sort of your take yeah and you know guys if if there's if there's a couple of things through recruiting day and you know nebraska is still going to churn the roster um running back aside which it looks like they're going to try and address through the portal and that would be a major pickup um but i still worry about the depth of tackle um you have some youngins that are there and then kind of the quarterback room but yes think about this also guys how many, how many Samoan or Hawaiian-based linemen has Nebraska recruited that did not pan out here? Zero. It's, it's Raiola. It's, it's I mean, Benodi. look at Frank, hey, Frank Solich's staff. I mean, there was Billy Benodi, Waldrop. Waldrop. I mean, they, they, there Hata. wasn't an abundance of guys, but guys usually from the island or Samoan background that were coming to Nebraska have fared pretty well. The linemen have. Yeah. Tata you know, would be the one guy that maybe didn't have a huge career. He was a linebacker, but I'm saying yeah. on the lines. Yeah, strictly they, on the strictly on the lines where I got you. You know that that was again. He's going to be a nice player. I, I I think of all the hubbub of the top end guys, and I'll one be curious, guy. Yeah, I'll be curious when when everybody rolls out their super six on players that kind of are off the radar that jump into your super six. Give him an extra look because he's at a position of need. But I also think there's some ferociousness to his game. And then you pair that with Bricks, which I think it's important that Bricks is on campus early because you're going to have to teach him how to pass pro. You know, they, they didn't throw the ball very much in his high school career, which is fine. I mean, he could be a mauler, but you're going to have to teach him that. Again, I, I really like I, I like the variety of this recruiting class, but, but, but I'm glad we're talking about the offensive linemen because at the end of the day, your five-star quarterback is great. You ain't doing much until – your commitment to offensive linemen like the last two years until they start to pan out and work for you.
Hey, Gary, uh, just real quick, guys. Uh, you remember I totally called the Raiola flip. I, that's obvious. Um, I'm not trying to like point attention to that again, but Please here do. I am. Uh, but do. but here, here's another little uh, based on nothing uh, thing that we were talking about before you joined today, and Justin has just chimed in about it. Um, but there is some talk that Talia Tugavailoa, According to Coach Loxley, he ain't coming back, right? He's sitting out the bowl game, uh-huh. could could go into the NFL or could transfer for a single year. And so I'm putting out there the fact that there is that Hawaii connection, um, the fact that he would be just a one-year guy, the fact that he is talented enough, the fact that Raiola would probably look and be like, hey, he's from Hawaii, he's, he's, he's been there and done that, that's a good bridge guy. I'm saying there's a chance for Tugavailoa, uh, but Justin is saying that's – probably not going to happen because of uh, his NFL draft situation and it would lower his draft stock. So when I say out loud, I didn't, did I say two or Talia? I meant Talia. Um, Talia Tugavailoa. Chance at all, if he's on the market, transferring, chance at all that maybe he would consider Nebraska. Can we start that uh, rumor now? Uh, I would say no. But it's not crazy, right? It's, it's not a little crazy. crazy. Well, it is kind of crazy. Why is it kind of crazy? Why? Why? Why would he's he at Maryland? Here? He's at Mar- well, one year no, and, situation. And it, okay, he, familiar with the Big Ten. Been here and seen the stadium, right? Why, Been hey, here and why? Why? Okay, okay. I want to. What? What? Here's what should happen. First of all, I think two things are true about Nebraska's quarterback room. It's unreal that the University of Nebraska has two guys that competed in the Elite Eleven this past off this past offseason. Yep. Okay, that's – I mean, Nebraska hasn't had a Nebraska Cornhusker start in the NFL since Bruce Matheson. Mm-hmm. Quickly, give me all the stuff you know about Bruce Matheson. I mean, we're in a state Wait where – for the Bills, mid-80s. Yeah, there's, the, the, there's the, there's the Kelly Stoppers and the Marlon Briscoes. You know, there aren't a lot of guys that have started in the NFL. But Nebraska has a quarterback room that has two Elite 11 participants. But it also has a quarterback room, guys, that I'm uncomfortable with. Because you are going to go into – now, spring, you could work your way through. But you have two true freshmen and another quarterback who everybody would like to become Taysom Hill. Um, so I think both of those things can be true. I, I just think in this situation is if you're looking at Nebraska, Nebraska should go all in on Dylan Riola, and now you start the process where he starts against UTEP. Wait, yep, why, really. now, now, no, no, no. Why do you, why do you, why do you poo-poo that? Maybe it wasn't a poo-poo. I just, it was a grunt. There are so many freshmen around college football that as quarterbacks start, if you believe that Dylan Riola is talented enough, why don't you start the process now? Don't wait. You know, Nebraska wanted, Mike Grant was not a bum. Okay. Mike Grant was playing pretty well. And then there was a week off before Missouri and it seemed like the right time to go all in on Tommy Frazier. Now, he had played up to that point, but Mike Graham had been the guy. This is an entirely different scenario 30 years later. You got the guy here. Go all in. Design the offense. You you believe that you're going to have a guy that can coach him up and the other two guys that right now are in that room. I, I think you, you transition that against UTEP, you will start a true freshman at quarterback, and that kicks off an era. Why, why wait? He's good enough. Now get him to where he's good enough in college to start the process. I, I, I think you would just muddy the situation. Well, I, 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 that, means, that means Riola, 
Raiola may not play much in your scenario, Mark, if you bring a guy like uh, Talia here. You don't you don't use him, you lose him. Okay, and 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 you lose the freshman phenom and pick a program. That's yeah. just the way of the world right now. I'm not getting my playing time. I'm better, and I'm out. That's that's what happened. That's why you see four hundred thousand quarterbacks in the portal, because at some point there's competition, or the quarterback coach, or the OC, or the coach goes with in this quarterback's mind the wrong option. Yep. They leave, and yeah, it's and a revolving door, and no one ever sticks to develop. You okay, got to so go all in with the development. So let me ask you guys this, and and, and the stats are true out there about. Top 50 quarterbacks, how long they last on the campus that they started with. I mean, that's real. That, that's, a, that's a trend that every quarterback that starts in college in 24, they're going to either be part of or they're going to change. But if you believe that the guy you just secured a, a, a commitment from is good enough, why hold him back? Why not start mm-hmm. the process? And I think there's also another part of this is he's going to be on your campus in the next month. So it's not like he's coming in in June and he's playing catch-up. You've got a chance to work hand-in-hand with him when we roll around to winter conditioning and, of course, spring. And, and it has nothing to do with, man, you, you know, you, you want to make sure that he plays so he doesn't leave. I'm more on the, he's talented. Let's get him yeah. on the field. Let's get, yeah. at, every other, at every other position, we say, let's get the most talented guys out there. He's the most talented quarterback. Are we all in agreement here? Uh, 100%. Why not get him on the field and let's see what's around him and so everybody can get used to that. And also, let's let's start working on 24 day one instead of working on 24 while we're in the middle of the 24 season. And and here's what concerns me. Another point I want to add to this, Mark, and it's something I said back uh, whenever we were just welcoming Brandon into the show. You have to think about what the guys in the portal want to have in their next stop. They either want to have a spot where they're going to be making more money or a spot, preferably both, where they're going to be on the field getting film out there for a potential NFL career. That's the number one reason guys are transferring is because they're not happy in their situation. They want to be on the field. I even include Casey Thompson in this because he's been the hot name of the week. It doesn't make much sense for anyone across the country to come into a spot where they have to compete with a generational talent at quarterback in Dylan Ryle, the number one quarterback in the country. It does not make sense for almost anybody to come into that situation. I think it's time to put the the Nebraska is going to get a stopgap one-year quarterback stuff. I think it's almost time yeah. to put that to bed. It doesn't make much sense, both from Nebraska's point of view or from any potential quarterback's point of view. Listen, And, and, I, and you know, and you guys know this. I mean, history tells us two guys are going to start next year. So a little bit to this right. conversation. But – what, what Nebraska, in this situation where you have two true freshmen in your room and you have Harburg, is Nebraska almost needs a Easton Stick guy. And yep. I say this from the standpoint of when Easton Stick was at Creighton Prep, the only really person on the staff that had interest in him was Vince Morrow. Vince Morrow wanted him to walk on because he's like, that guy will be great for our quarterback room and you never know, he might start one day. Well, Morrow left to go to Kentucky and uh, the rest is history. Stick takes uh, Erzendowski to North Dakota State, and they win championships. But that kind of a quarterback in this scenario, before you recruit your next quarterback in the 25 class, which they should not be swayed away from an Alex Bansky. Now, he might looking at uh, Riola, but you got to recruit a high school quarterback in 25, is you need a guy that is willing to come in that has played a little bit in college, 
but maybe hasn't been a frontline starter, but has been a solid guy that is coming in here for the good of the team, okay, for the greater good, and that is to help guys that are in that room also get an opportunity to compete for the job, but not be a guy that's going to upend the room because he wants playing time and he wants money. You want a guy that loves college football that you can sell, hey, this is the role we need you in to be a mentor, but also you might be a guy that plays, and he's not a guy that's played a lot. If you can get that kind of in-between guy, I think would be really good. But you never know nowadays, somebody may fall into Nebraska's laps that they don't expect, and then you say, oh, how can we turn that guy down? But it's, I'm not, I'm, right now I'm not super comfortable with the quarterback room. No. I, may be, I may be more comfortable when they announce who is going to be you know, coaching that room. But I, yes. I, I think you need, a, you need a veteran who has been around the block a few times, like has experienced the college life. That can Tell answer, me you're talking about. Yeah, that, that can answer. Well, he's, but he's an elite level guy. He, if I'm him, I'm going to a place that I'm going to maybe play in the playoff. I'm, heck, let's go to Oregon. That's where all portal quarterbacks go. And also, as Elijah referred to, is get to the NFL. So I think you start the process now. You got a guy. Guys, they got a five-star quarterback. This is the University of Nebraska. It's not like he's a five-star guy and you're like, eh. He's a five-star guy that you think is in eight months of college tutelage before they turn the scoreboard on can be your guy. Start the process. But find a guy that can answer the questions of those two young freshmen in that room when the quarterback coach isn't standing in front of him, that can kind of lead him along, that brings him to his house for dinner on a weekend and says, hey, guys, man, this is, this is how we do it. This is where I've been. This is how we win. All of those kind of things. Here's what concerns me about starting that process with Riola right now is you needed, last year, you needed the quarterback run game just to move the sticks. You had to have it, right? It, it wasn't an option. You had to have the quarterback run game. And if you take away the quarterback run game, my God, Nebraska's offense is even more dreadful than it was, right? So Riola's not that guy, right? He's not a, he's not a big running quarterback. He can, I guess, right? But that's not going to be his thing. And you're going to want to keep him protected. I, I just don't know that Nebraska has the offensive line and the firepower right now to where you can take that quarterback run game out. I, I just It's just difficult for me to imagine – removing that element from Nebraska's offense and expecting them to have much success. And then are you setting up Riola for a really tough year <laughs> because they can't rely on just traditional ground game and they don't pass protect well enough to where he gets a lot of heat. I don't know. It's just, it feels like a year too early for him. Um, but I don't know how many other so, options so you have ask, at the so same let, time, right? So like, let me ask you. You're, that's why I think you, you need that bridge guy. A so bridge guy would be perfect. You're hesitant because let's say 24 is choppy, that man, you're going to set back his development. Am I, am I hearing that correctly? If not even put him in a little bit of danger. That's a guy that holds on to the ball till the very last second. And that's fine in high school in Buford, Georgia. Uh, not so much in the Big Ten. Okay, so, so I, that I, worries I, me a little bit. I think all of, all of these are valid because we're looking at a high school kid that now has to make the jump to college. There's a reason why people that have watched him in person and on tape and have spent time with him while they've looked over film believe that he's different than quarterbacks that get a high star but don't ever live up to it. Yeah. Is you, have, you do have eight months here to, to get him going. And also, I mean, a lot of this discussion, guys, about quarterbacks, running backs, um, you know, Nebraska's staff in 
a month could look different. I mean, they could have they could have a couple of new guys. They could have a couple of guys moved around. I mean, you know, it's all in play here. So we don't know how the quarterback room will be managed. But here's the other thing is don't you believe, though, and, and your concerns about the offensive line are valid, that year two, everybody will make a jump. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty, okay. pretty positive and, on that. And, and if you have at least a semblance of consistent quarterback play, that will affect everybody else's job. Sharpie, you look at the, the, the jump you anticipate, you're going to have as an experienced offensive line as there is in the Big Ten. Do they get better? Right? Can they can they be a safety net in protection? Can they run the football so it's not fifty pass attempts a game for a potentially and can they true, and can they run the football without the threat of the quarterback run? Right. Which the, is the, that that's yep. that's yeah. You know the the mobility factor here with Raiola is to extend plays or scramble occasionally. That's that's the ask. It's not short side option. Okay. It's that's gone. I like ideally. The quarterback you described, is he out there? The the guy that is good yeah. enough to start and go win you a ball game, but you know what, is is okay to, to stand off stage left uh, if he's not the guy. I don't know if that guy ex- yeah. exists. Uh, well, I mean, hey, Harburg, Harburg is is that guy, but can can he jump yeah. his game? Okay. I don't know. There, there's, I, th- I think that that second-year jump is is real, and the, the flat-out fact is if you get competent quarterback play, freshman – Band-aid transfer, whatever. Just don't turn yeah. the damn football over. So I think, and, and you're okay. You know, la- okay. Nebraska wasn't going to have a major element of quarterback run game, um, and then they were forced to. You look at the last forced two to. games right. against Wisconsin and Iowa. They want that pocket passer. They don't always have to roll a guy out. Um, so they want the Riola type. You know, great decision making. Here's another factor, guys. You're going to have a quarterback in Nebraska whose brain is better than a lot of the quarterback brains that we saw this past year. That goes a long way in quick thinking, okay? Getting the ball out, not having to think, do I throw it, do I throw it? No, you see it and you throw it. So that's a factor in. But also, guys, here's why I love the fact that both of Nebraska's incoming quarterbacks are going to be here on campus for spring football. And you've got that offensive line that – Everything that Mark said and Schmitty just said and Elijah has said in the past about the offensive line and getting better year two, either with personnel changes or being better at your profession in certain areas. Don't you think, guys, that offense is going to have to be on point once they open up spring football? Because iron sharpens iron. That defense is coming to get you. That defense doesn't have to do any, any of teaching in the spring. That defense is out to play football in the spring. So if you're an offensive person, you realize that every day those guys know what the heck they're doing and they're bringing it. So you've got to be better on offense. So I think that will well, that will help into the factor here. But I think why if, – if, if, Mark, you're still thinking about, man, we got to have that element of a quarterback run game. Is that guy in the portal? No, if your offense is a pocket passer and to extend the field and throw it downfield and develop those wide receivers so they can take the next jump in being thrown open – um, I think you go, you, you go ahead, you do it. I mean, Nebraska, this is, this is not Nebraska. They got They got an elite quarterback, a five-star. Let's see what they have and let's see early and let, and let him grow with growing pains. It's not like he's coming into just a porous football program. They won five 
You could make a case they should have won a couple of more. So he's got a good starting point with that defense. And I say, light the match, let him go, and welcome to big-time college football on opening day. Let the hype surround him, but let him play football against UTEP and go from there. Hey, look, I'm not saying you need the quarterback run game for eternity. I'm saying for next year, you might just because of where the offensive line is. And you also think about, okay, the veteran guy in the quarterback room, you call him the veteran, yeah. is is Harburg, who missed a whole year of development, who obviously struggles in the passing game, whose offense, like the, the, the offense you call around Harburg, way different than the one that you would call around Riola too, right? Yeah. So that's just what worries me is you have three scholarship dudes, Yeah. period. Like that's yeah, – Nebraska used three guys last year. Yeah, they right? won't – they – Unless they get a walk-on that has a, you know, a pedigree, um, and I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know anything. I, I, I think they can't go into the year with just three football quarterbacks that are all underclassmen. I mean, That's we'll saying. find somebody. So let me let me let me throw yeah. it out to the group here about the hesitancy of man. You got to have that quarterback run game. Let's just 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 for a moment here. What if Nebraska is better? at quarterback handoff game that they're better at running back. I mean, now you throw in the element where the quarterback run game is almost of a, Oh my gosh, I can't believe he took off and they don't do it eight times a game. It's here or there, but because you're better at stretching the field, getting it to the flat and turning around and handing it off to your running back, that makes the quarterback run game better. Not the person, but the philosophy. You need the quarterback run game. You have the quarterback run game as an option because your eyeback run game isn't what it needs to be or your offensive line isn't what it needs to be. So right. it's 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 a one-two punch. If if you get better, like Sharpie said, it's your profession, or you find a dude at running back or you let Emmett run or whatever the hell the option is. I like Emmett, by the way. I, like I do too. I like yeah. Emmett. Get the kid from Oregon, and I think that's a nice one-two punch. No, get Ramir back. I, I love the quarterback run game. I love seeing that. We grew up with it at Nebraska. But if, if they're okay to live life on Saturdays without it, I'm fine with it. Because just get me four yards on first down if I'm a Nebraska fan, move the chains, protect the quarterback, be physical. I mean, it's, it, it's kind of a short ask list for me if I'm, uh, if I'm a Nebraska football fan. Get me 24 points a game in Big Ten play and don't, don't suck in two-minute situations. Because you're going to be down down to the wire if you're if you're a Nebraska football team with this Big Ten schedule. Well, and let's let's lay something out here really fast. It makes the job of the offensive line and the the running back running game easier whenever you have a quarterback that can stretch the field in the way that Matt Rule wants. So he's talked about the explosive yeah. passing nature that he wants within his offense. Yep. If you have that and the defense can't load up seven eight guys in the box every single play to stop your your rushing attack makes the job of the offensive line easier, makes the job of the running back easier, and it takes away, I mean, it, those two things, the quarterback run game or stretching the field via a, a vertical passing attack can kind of accomplish the same thing that you're looking for in terms of making it easier for your running back rushing attack. Well, and, and it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's way more difficult to, um, to, to survive with that, that quarterback run game. Uh, you're having to develop um a, a, a backup which is good but you need you need three a lot let's, of times let, let's be honest nebraska's had to have a and and i think when we say quarterback run game we're all kind of thinking of rpos a little bit of option 
I mean, Dylan is not a statue. Nebraska's no. had to rely more on the quarterback run game because they haven't had a quarterback that can just play pitch and catch. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, you're right. This is all tempered by the fact that I think we saw it last year, and maybe it happens every year, but it was really pronounced this year, where it looks like there were dudes wide open that the quarterbacks just flat out did not see, like yeah. multiple times. And, and not just a little. That happens in every season, every team. But it seems like that was almost a characteristic of Nebraska's offense. Where it's yeah, like, Dude, I, and, how did you miss the guy that was no, 10 you, yards you, open? You're right. And, I, and, I, and I've you said know? this, and Schmitty and I have sat next to each other upstairs. It is kind of frightening when you see a play design and there are wide receivers that are 15 yards down the field that have run a really good route and it's designed well and they ran the route as it was and they're open and there's really no chance that the quarterback's going to see them because either they've got their safety valve that they know if they throw it in the neighborhood will catch it or they're a first read and they don't look down the field. I think that's what you know, if you look at the background of Dylan Riola and you watch him in an offense, he actually has played in a couple of really good offenses. And remember, he had to learn three offenses pretty quick in the transition yeah. in the high schools that he's played at. He's played in some good offenses that have had some good skill talent, but he does a good job of surveying the field. Now, holding on the ball too long, they're going to fix, okay? Yeah. He's going to learn right away when he gets picked off and he can't use his big boy arm um, or he gets sacked and or yeah. touched in the spring, he's going to have to adjust. Now that's on him. But I think just the fact that you have a quarterback that's going to play quarterback will impact how we look at offense because we haven't had that. We've had athletes playing quarterback. Finally, Nebraska has got a quarterback playing quarterback. So let's see yeah. what that does to the offense where I'm telling you, I'm going to lose my mind if we go another year and 40% of the carries uh, for Nebraska or by quarterback, you might as well drop. Know, the, you happens. might as well drop the program and hope that the Riolas have good life insurance. You know, yes. T, T, TF in the stream said Mark keeps putting down the O line, but they are fine. Indecision by QBs is a killer. Uh, not necessarily putting down the O line. I'm just observing the fact that look, last year when they had to run it in crunch time, they couldn't. Didn't happen, right? You weren't able to really salt away games. Um, pass protection improved tremendously over the year prior. There's no question about that. Mm -hmm. So you expect them to take a step. I just get concerned where if the threat of the quarterback run game is gone, are you going to improve enough where you can just literally hand it off and salt away games? They haven't proven yeah. that they can. Yeah, I mean, They haven't proven that they can yet. Yeah, we talk about that a lot. I mean, all three of us talk about can Nebraska get to a point that they can run the football when they want to run the football, not when they need to run the football. Because mm -hmm. part of what you're saying, Mark, is – Last year, it was a lot of five-on-eight. The numbers game were not good for Nebraska on the offensive line because no. there, was no, there was no worry on the defensive side of the opposition that Nebraska was going to burn you with a pass play. Great, great offensive lines. We got to go back to the pipeline. The last time a college offensive line could run and, and, and pick up six yards on first down, 5v8, all right? It's not yeah. normal. It's well, not normal no, that, that you're no, successful not, running the football. But guys, you're that, outnumbered. But guys, it all falls in line here. Is if you have better quarterback decision making, <laughs> you have better coaching at the running back position where they're hitting the hole they're supposed to, and you've got offensive linemen that are doing their job. I mean, it's all about doing your job, and everybody's got to do their job. You know, almost on point every snap, and if that happens, then it's supposed to work a certain way. Unless you're just getting beat up front, you know, it's just man yeah. on man, and you're just getting beat up front. 
So if they can get better technique running backs, if they can get better decision-making quarterbacks, what does that do for the offensive line? Because we haven't really seen where if the offensive line is good, it trickles down in the current state of Nebraska football. In the past we have, oh, in great offensive lines, it affects everybody. But what happens if the back end, the quarterback and the running backs and the perimeter blocking and all that comes together, what does that do to how we think about the offensive line? That's a great unknown that we won't know until they turn on the scoreboard and we play football. Sharpie, let's talk quarterback coach before we get you out. And I think we're all thinking along the lines that you're going to have kind of maybe a co-coordinator or for, for sure a position coach. You've touched on it a little bit here when we started this discussion. Um, you've got the, uh, the the quarterback coach that's worked with Dylan, and that's Christensen. He's also Mahomes' private quarterback coach. So I don't think that's an option, just to lay that out. I, I, no, no I, I know that. That's that's That was the, the, the name early uh, as far as not necessarily quarterback coach, but that, that was a name that was – kind of scanning the Nebraska football situation. Glenn Thomas, that's a familiar name with the Riola party. I should say with uh, with Rule because of his stops, and he was pretty instrumental uh, at Temple for his, uh, his offense, and then Baylor, and then he's been at uh, Pittsburgh this past season, Arizona State, as their OC in 2022. Boy, he's been at some messes of programs, my he, Lord. He ha- yeah, he he's, in, he's, in a, he's in a mess. <laughs> he's in a mess right now. In the NFL, right. Arizona State and Pitt. Like, yeah. no thanks. Right. Yeah. So well. my, my question to you is, what do you know from the football circles about Thomas? And do you like, uh, despite his his messy stops, um, what he's done uh, from, from the little you know about him? Well, I mean, there's there's the connection with Rule. The only, the only guy on this staff that didn't have a connection to Rule was Tony White. And, I mean, you could – you could, awesome. branch, yeah. you could branch out and make a connection, but you know what I'm getting at. You probably have either worked with Rule or you've, you know, you've played with Rule or something along those lines. Um, so you can connect the dots to Glenn Thomas. Um, the, the NFL season will be over on, what, January 8th? So it actually mm-hmm. falls in line because Nebraska doesn't come back to school until two weeks later. Um, then you can get into the lab and start working with quarterback coaches. He's the name I hear more often. He's the name that makes sense. But he's not a name that comes in and he's OC as well. But here's what also, you know, you make the connection. You think, man, this is just too good to be true, is the, the past places that Rule has brought him onto staff, Satterfield has been there as well. So at least Satterfield has some familiarity with a Glenn Thomas. And Satterfield has moved a position when Glenn Thomas has been brought onto a staff. Hmm. Hmm. Um, any trend there is what tight well, ends one well, year running I mean, backs another. I, so what? I thought it was very interesting at the uh, end of the season press conference, everything we've been talking about of Pete's was going to be the quarterback coach. It didn't work out. Satterfield was going to be the tight end guy. So you don't have a quarterback coach. So you got to move Satterfield to, to quarterback rule publicly had never acknowledged that until the end of the year. And I thought, Oh yeah, now we got something cooking here. So Satterfield will still be the OC. Will it be a pass game run game? You know, that's been speculated. Um, But I think what Nebraska also might be waiting for is an NCAA announcement on analysts and their role. You know, Nebraska and many others in college football would love analysts to still have an on-field role, but not be one of your 10. And if that's Mm -hmm. the case, 
then maybe you see more than one uh, change on the staff. But I think right now we're trending towards a new quarterback coach. Um, and, you know, Satterfield's still calling plays, but I'm not sure how that all work out. A month from now, I do believe Nebraska's staff on that side of the ball will look a little bit different um, because it might just not be quarterbacks and, you know, moving Satterfield. It might be, you know, you, I think you still got to look at running backs. I think running sure. back was a poorly uh, coached position last year. Is Joe Daly in play? Is he a potential Carolina Panthers, obviously former Husker? I don't know what the, the relationship is there. You know, he was with Rule in Carolina. Um, I don't here, – here's my – here's what I know about Joe, and I know this from last year in, in, in talking to people, is Joe likes the NFL game, and I don't know – he likes his alma mater, but that might be tough bringing him back to Nebraska. But I know that he, he likes – I, I know that he likes the NFL game. He had a tough go. Yeah. I wonder if he'd call him Matty R. You know, I don't know if he'd do that. <laughs> wow. Not, not, not Billy C. Hey, can, I, can, I get, can I give you one thing? I want to go back. Yeah. I, I was going to mention this earlier. We were talking about the legacy and, and winning. Um, yep. You know, as, as we're past Dylan Riola saying yes, and, you know, it is refreshing to hear people that say, I want to be there. I, I think that's a big part of Nebraska's recruiting is Rule wants people that want to be here whether they want to be a part of it where they've always wanted to be a Husker, but they want to be at Nebraska. And that's what makes Nebraska a special place is there are enough guys that say, oh, I'm only coming there because of the money. They say, no, I want to be there is the, the fact that his dad who they let Dylan make his own decision. Um, Nebraska did a really good job of recruiting Dylan. Yeah. There's, there's uncle, there's dad, but they recruited the, they recruited Dylan. And I think that went a long way in how Rule was able to establish where Nebraska was in the pecking order earlier. Um, you don't, you, you guys know he's a winner, and his dad was a winner, oh, and his dad was yeah. super intense. I tell the story of I was when I was doing sidelines for the network, that 2000 game in Norman when Nebraska goes up 14 nothing. You know, game day's there, it's juiced up. Nebraska's up 14 nothing. The Oklahoma student section was right behind the Nebraska bench, and you know how close the the fans are to the sidelines in Norman. Riola yeah. walks over. Herb, I'm standing. I'm standing right by the edge of the Nebraska coaching box. Herb Street is standing next to me. Riola stands on the field after Nebraska goes up 14 nothing, and he looks at the students and he goes. And people were calling him all kinds of names. And he goes. He was pointing at particular students and he was saying, "You come down here. Come down here on the field right now." <laughs> so we know how intense yeah. Dom is. Okay. Yeah. He did something really cool during this process. He reached out to guys that have played here in the past, and he, one, picked their brain on what's going on. He wanted to know, what's your feel? Don't lie to me. What's your feel on what's going on at Nebraska? And he got really good feedback, and he shared that with his son. But he shared with some of the big-name former Huskers that were before him, hey, I know you won when it was Frazier and Benning. Wouldn't it be cool if we won again with Riola and Benning? Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he really leaned into the past, and this is where it starts again. And also, I thought it was ironic. In the name, image, likeness discussion, how about this being a small world, guys? The person that was front and center to discuss name image likeness with the Riolas 
was his former college teammate, Matt Davison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how interesting is that? Yeah. Yeah. Full circle. Well, full circle. Yeah. Well, but, but you're alluding to uh, something else about guys that want to be here just in terms of loyalty because Nebraska's had almost, almost uh, nation-leading attrition over the last God knows how long. But it looks like that might subside a little bit because of loyalty. And you look at, you look at Dominic – Dude, he only played for Nebraska, and he only played for the Lions, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you talk about a guy that's just kind of instilled that mindset of just being loyal to who you're at. It's difficult to imagine Dylan wanting to transfer at some point, knock on wood. You know, it's difficult to imagine a Javen Wright wanting to transfer or any of those legacy guys. So that does bode well for Nebraska. It's just It well, just feels crazy to turn it over to a true freshman no, starting next year. That's I all. know, I know. You know, you, you know, it all comes back to guys as as we get through this and the the on-the-field stuff becomes the bottom line. I mean, Nebraska, they've done good things behind the scenes, and I think they're in a good spot, but now it's got to translate to playing football, okay? Um, it, it just has. It, 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 they, they, they've, they've turned up the sense of urgency for 24, and that's great, but it has to equate to something is – Part of, you know, part of like the, 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 the thing that I think is, is about to turn for Nebraska and they're in a good spot is they have an adult that it's at the top. Yeah, for sure. I, we, we've gone around and around about Scott's tenure that didn't work out. They've got an adult at the top of the program that speaks like an adult and treats 18 to 22 year old kids like adults. He talks to them like adults. He holds them accountable, and he also communicates with them where there's no gray area. We might poo-poo and say, man, 18 to 22-year-old kids these days, because, you know, Schmitty's about to have somebody in that range. You might go, oh, man, they're not very smart. They're smart. And they just want to be told where they're at. And that's the thing that I keep hearing from players on this current roster is that Rule is a good guy who knows your name, knows your story, but he also lets you know where you're at. If you're not good enough, he's letting you know you got to be better, but this is how you can be better. Or, hey, this is where I see you in the program. This is where I see you next year. This is what we think of you. Those simple things go a long way, and that's stuff that they had to start from scratch that now they've got that moving. Now let's work on the football stuff because they're going to have a spring, which we are all excited about. And they're going to have a gigantic roster in spring, guys. I mean, Huge. you've got a lot of, rid of like enrollees. 15 guys. Yeah, not yet, though. Let that play out. Let guys get they rid do. of themselves. Eventually. But, but they've got an opportunity here in spring to start the scoreboard for UTEP. Because essentially, their entire roster is here in spring. You know what you have. You can start preparing for opening day when you begin in March. I mean that's pretty cool. That's a that's something that you know you 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 got to lean into of it's go time now. It's not spring where we're teaching. It's springtime where we're just playing ball. And we haven't how had huge, that in a while. We haven't had that in a while. How huge is Harburg this year too? Just in terms of his approach uh being team first or not team first. He's a guy that like if you look at him individually probably would go, you know, a position change, receiver, tight end. Uh, flex type of guy, um, but he's probably going to need to stay in that quarterback room. Yes, as an absolutely. Right, unless you get a transfer at some point. 
he also strikes me potentially as a guy that maybe not okay with it, but would accept his role if he's not the starter, right? And yeah. would he's be gonna, helpful, would be a team first dude. He's he's he, a really important piece. He also he has is. the respect of the team. You know, I think so. He's got to get, but he also would acknowledge that he's got to get better with what this offense intends to be. Totally, and 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 not belly ache about. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm getting passed over. Well, get better, right? I mean, you're just, gonna you're gonna yeah. need the guy this year, though. You're gonna need him at some point. No, probably and, to take and, and I like and I like him. You bring in somebody else. You're gonna need him at no, some point. Don't you? And think, I like him as an eight. Yeah. I like him as a wildcat option. Yeah, honestly. yeah. you know something, Mark. You alluded to. Um, that again has kind of been a theme of what we talked about this morning is a theme of Nebraska football is one of us. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what Harburg fits the role? One of us. And athletically, athletically, he's a dude that can get some stuff yeah. done. Right. And so that that's, what's interesting about him is I think if you had a deeper quarterback room, if you had a tug of Iloa type, I'm not saying it's him, but if you bring in somebody who can be that bridge guy, then you can afford to move Harburg around. Right. And let him get the ball a little bit. Cause he's proven that, you know, it's not a bad idea to have the ball in his hands in the open field with his size and all that. But unless you bring in a bridge guy, he's going to have to stay in that quarterback spot and he's going to have to be kind of selfless. Yeah. I think it's probably not play a lot. I I think we've all speculated. I think it's disingenuous to uh, to Harburg to move him to tight end until until that happens because he views himself as a quarterback. Yeah. I I think he's a little too light for tight end. I, I would see him more as a receiver type, but. Either way, either way, uh, you know, he's going to have to swallow some pride a little bit if you turn it over to Riola and be ready to go as the backup quarterback when you know that, that hey, he could contribute in other I hope, ways. I hope he doesn't. Hope he doesn't I, what? I, I, hope, I hope that he now has a year of development and says, mm-hmm. not so fast, my friends. It, look, he, he is a talented player. Like, we, we, we know that his accuracy – was just not necessarily good. We know that him seeing the field, not very good. But maybe this is the type of thing that pushes him. Right? Well, don't – okay, so so I, I know we're running up against it here, like we always do. Um, is uh, God bless it. it could, could you guys see – and I'll throw this out to all three of you. In 23, the coordinator on defense found a way to utilize each guy's strengths to be part of 11. Yes. And we didn't really see that on offense because it was so junky and I shouldn't say junky, janky because of all the injuries. Could that be possible in 24 that they find the strengths of individual guys and they're one of 11? So in 23, we got to see the defensive identity. In 24, what we saw on defense creeps into offense and how they look at guys. And using Harburg as an example of, okay, this is what you do best – so this is what you're going to be utilized for, and we're not going to make you do something you're not comfortable or exceptional at. But you're going to be part of the process. You're going to be part of the team. You know, it's just like one, one game, uh, you know, uh, Bayor would play 40 snaps. The next week he'd play eight, and he wouldn't complain. And it right. made sense. It made sense. It, previous staffs, we'd go, what the are you doing? It made sense. Maybe that's the case with guys like Harburg on this offense um, that now we're going to face more competition in, in their particular position group. Find his sweet spot, but also to the development phase, get him to be able to do some of those things 
way better and not give up on him, right? And let's just talk let's talk real about his development between Whipple not wanting to associate with him to uh, our friend Super Mario. Can you Mario. believe you just said that? Can like I, I don't no, think I'm not, I'm not done. I'm not I'm not that. done. It's worse because his yeah. motion got changed once he got here from Carney. Super yeah. Mario started jacking with his motion and his mechanics. So well, the point is, is you can't yeah. make some don't make the kid worse once you get a hold of him. You don't screw him mean, up. But what you just alluded to that I don't think enough fans even know. Like he literally was not invited into the quarterback room under Whipple. Like how yeah. dysfunctional <laughs> was that pro? It's just unbelievable. That, well, dysfunctional, that's, but that, that's guys, even true. That's it is true. Uh, I, but it's uh, unbelievable. It, yeah, right? it's just like, it's, what? It's coaching you malpractice that should have been stopped by the higher ups. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. I mean, you could say you could say, "Hey, son, you're never going to play for me." Sit in the back of the room, but not to allow them. I mean, come in the on. quarterback room, come that on. is so petty and ridiculous, right? So petty and ridiculous. It, but that's what that's what they've been. That's what Nebraska's been dealing with for a little while. But so, that's that goes back to rule strengths and his strength of his staff is they're relationship people. Yeah. They, they they they. I mean, the the one story I heard a lot in the off season was rule made guys learn each other's name. Yeah. Like he was told yeah. in, he was told in one of the meetings, um, like when he first started to meet the team is that guys didn't know like the other side of the ball. And, and, and that's, that's not necessarily, you know, I mean, you got so many guys in your program, but you know, like defensive guys were saying, yeah, I, I know him as a number. And that like threw rule off. He was like, Whoa, guys, you know, guys, when they passed in the hallway of the football facility, they would just say, Hey, they didn't know each other's name. Um, so he made guys learn each other's names. You know, maybe you learn a, a thing or two about their background, but he just wanted people to learn their names. So it's about relationships and, you know, just, just having communication. That's just like mm-hmm. Nebraska football right now is like simple, simple stuff that you should be doing, that they found a way to do. And now you hope all of that building up leads to success on the football field. The, the other thing Nebraska will have going, and I know we got to get out, sorry. Uh, the other thing Nebraska will have going for it next year offensively, <laughs> you think about the majority of the year, skill position-wise, you had Billy Kemp, very undersized receiver, Anthony Grant, who just, for whatever reason, didn't didn't figure out football instincts or something. Those are the only skill position guys that you would consider as experienced, right? We act like Fedoni's super experienced. That was his first year on the field last year. Um, Malachi Coleman, same deal. So you at least have that coming back next year, which could help. And that's part of why I think the offense was so bad. It's just nobody had experience on the entire offense. So they're all learning their way at the same time in a new offense. Um, But Riola will at least get the benefit of that. Malachi will know how to run routes. He'll be used to the speed of the game. Jalen Lloyd, same way. Fedoni, same way. If you get Ramir back, that would be huge as well. Um, But Nebraska was really short on experience offensively, and it showed. Sharpie, Merry Christmas, man. Happy holidays. To Merry you Christmas, guys. Yes. Thanks for jumping on. Oh, the, Claus. Hey, I, I tell you guys this all the time. I, I enjoy this uh, sun, uh, Saturday morning conversation. Sometimes I don't. I have gone now to not scheduling anything until 10 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll have a 10 o'clock. Hey, yes. I, I, I appreciate you guys and everybody else on Hale Varsity Radio uh, and our good friends at 1890, who Doug is going to hook us up. 
So good. One of these mornings, we're going to drink cornhead lager on air. That'll oh, be awesome. Now, yeah. Uh, the guys at Cross Drain who do, do a great job and tied in with the uh, 1890 uh, Collective. Um, it's a great conversation. I always enjoy it. It's been a fun year. We're not done. It's actually, you know, it's going to continue. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, so I appreciate all three of you who are all very, very talented. So I enjoy working with you and the invite. And, uh, you know, we'll be back again to do it uh, next we'll Saturday. We'll do it. I'll swing, up, I'll swing up you and Mark's way, and uh, we'll, we'll watch some uh, – some playoff football. How does that sound? Let's do that. You're yeah, not going to bring Elijah? I'm, well, I'm in down in Arizona. I'm taking my podcast uh, mic with me, though, so I'll be all set for a Saturday morning spot at the ass crack at Don in Phoenix. So. Hey, what's it we'll, up with we'll you? We'll FaceTime you in. Hey, what's up with you two? You guys love Arizona. Every time well, I look, Schmitty or Elijah, you're either talking about going to Arizona or you're actually there. Well, uh, Joe Mama's yeah. got a place in Arizona that's on the golf course, so – that's why. Yeah. <laughs> That's and why I, 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 have, I have numerous friends down in Phoenix, so it's I'm not going to say no to free accommodations hey, and warm weather. Hey, hey, we could be in Las Vegas getting ready for a bowl game tonight or on the 26th in Phoenix. Yeah. Mm. I'd still – I'd pick bowl game. How did Nebraska not make a bowl game this year? Oh, my God. Can we go to 1030? There are turnovers, so many, turnovers, there are so many... turnovers, 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 turnovers. Some of us, I would just like to add – have all their Christmas shopping yet to do on a Saturday and okay, uh, do, need up. to get out. So yeah. I'm going to return my, uh, my wife's crap. So, you know, are you Whoa. really? Wow. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. You mean the crap that she got you? You're going to return no. it? No, that, that I got her. Oh, okay. Why are you returning it? She just doesn't deserve presents this year. Or? No, I, I gotta, I gotta switch them up. <laughs> oh, I got you. <laughs> Especially right. now that you learned about the pineapple situation. No, gotcha. no. I, I'm just. Yeah. Uh, well, call Doctor Johns. Let him know you're coming. No, um, but yeah, <laughs> no free shout outs, Mark. Uh, <laughs> See if you get invited no. to a hotel party. I, I did yeah. not. I, I've just got to recalibrate what what sizes I chose. Ooh, uh, oh, that's not good. <laughs> wow, man! I think there's a reason why we need to like call this one at some point. Right? Like, <laughs> a game called, honey, honey, do not listen to the last. Couple of minutes. Hey, Merry sizes. Christmas to all of you and all uh, the great listeners and our fun we have on Saturdays. All right, straight up. Sure. Only, sure. How many? What? What are we? How many Saturdays before spring football? Before the spring Ooh. game? Seven into one twenty. Are we sixteen Saturdays from the spring game? Sixteen away. Yes. That's going to be a sellout. Too bad for Riola, by the way. They're going to knock the South Stadium to the ground while he's here. Huh. Hmm. <laughs> well, hmm. maybe he'll still be here when they build it back up. Yeah, hey, maybe. And he'll uh, he'll be able to help. With hey, next week, next week, let's talk about if he's going to wear 15. And if he's still wearing 15 against UTEP, will we be upset because he hasn't earned a single-digit number? Great topic for next Saturday. Ooh, 489-1240. <laughs> Dial in now. And will he live up to Willie Miller's Will he live up to Willie Miller's legacy? No, no, no. I think it's number Bo 15. Davis. Bo Davis is the last quarterback to wear 15, I think. Malachi is the last guy to wear it on the field. Yeah. But there'll be some money. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. that. Sharpie, enjoy your holiday. We'll come Thank see you. you next week. Love you. Elijah, guys. Appreciate you. Thanks, Love Gary. you guys. Credit be good. You and, as well, uh, sir. Get the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play with Hale Varsity. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. YouTube channel is Hale Varsity YouTube. Follow on Twitter. How about all the H- listeners, Varsity too. Radio. Yes, I was getting there 
last but not least, all of you that are in the stream that make a, an appointment uh, about 7:45 ish uh, with this with this transition to, to the digital year one. So yeah. appreciate you so much. And as a note here. If you've made it through this full hour and 45 minutes of a week edition of Hale Varsity Radio, this is our last show uh, officially on the books up until Wednesday, January 3rd. Schmidt and I taking some time off next week. So if you've made it to the end, just know oh. we're going to be off the air next week. We are trying to make a, a show next Saturday happen while a we're week on vacation. A week, a week from Saturday. A week, yes. a week from week today. From so we're trying to make that happen. But this is our last official show for about a week and a half. So... Uh, if you're listening to this, we will talk to you again on Wednesday, January 3rd, and potentially Saturday, December 30th. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. It's yeah. like, do I got to get up Saturday next next Saturday or not? We'll we'll, we'll discuss off air. We'll, 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 we'll talk about it. Yeah, we should take a vote. Do you guys want to? Are you going to listen? Appreciate uh, you much. Take care yeah, and Merry Christmas, same. Happy Holidays, with Hale Varsity and the Weekend Edition.